Let's look at verse uh, 16 one more time. It says, confess your trespasses one to another and pray for one another. I mean, you know it's important that we pray for one another, encourage one another. Then it says that you may be what? Healed. A lot of times your healing is connected to prayer. Amen? Prayer is communicating with God. Then it says the effective, fervent. Somebody say fervent. The word fervent means hot. The fervent, not being passive, but fervent prayer of righteous, a righteous man avails much. In other words, your prayers, amen, can literally change your predicament, can change your situation as long as your prayers aren't passive. The Word of God says it's the effective fervent, again, which means hot. So the first thing I want to share with you tonight, that as one of the benefits of turning up your prayer life is that you will begin to have boldness in your life. Somebody say boldness. How many know God wants you to be bold? Amen. He wants you to be bold. Put up Proverbs chapter 28 real quick, verse 1. Look at the, what the Word of God says. Uh, uh, Proverbs 28 and 1. It says, the wicked flee when no one pursues. I could stop right there for like 10 minutes, but I'm not going to do that. It says, but the righteous, how many know me and you are the righteousness of God? The Bible even tells us that in 2 Corinthians 5 and 21, it says that he knew not sin, talking about Jesus, but he became sin for us, that we might be the righteousness of God. We might not do everything right, but me and you are the righteousness of God. We are the offspring of God. Amen? So it says the righteous are bold as a lion. The word bold means that uh, you're fearless. How many you know God wants us to be fearless? That's why 2 Timothy 1 and 7, God said, I didn't give you a spirit of fear, but of what? Power, love, and a sound mind. He wants us to be powerful. He doesn't want fear on our radar. He wants us to be fearless. Also, the word bold means to be courageous. Then it also means to be confident. I like this. It means to be without reservation. Now, this is what the one I really like. The word boldness means to be frank. How many of you in this building have ever told somebody off? Tell the truth. Shame the devil. All right. About 99% of us. Praise the Lord. Thank you for being honest. Amen. Listen, you've had to, you've had to be frank with some people in your life. Can I get a witness up in here? Some of y'all, you ain't got to raise your hand because the cameras is rolling. Some of y'all had to break up with some folk. Amen? And you had to be frank and be like, it's over. Come get your stuff. <laughs> so I say all that to say, everybody in this building at one time in your life, you have had to be frank when it came to dealing with somebody or situation. And the reason why I bring that up is because here it is, we know how to be frank with people, but then we don't know how to be frank with the enemy that comes to steal, kill, and what? Destroy. That's in John 10, 10. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He is after your destiny. He is after your purpose. We got to learn how to be frank with the enemy. I might be preaching this the wrong night. I should be preaching this at the 1130 service. <laughs> You know, that's my club crowd. <laughs> that's my, my, my folks that still kind of on the fence. 
But, but this is good for us too, though, because sometimes we can get complacent in our walk with God and, and get passive. And, and, and a lot of times we think meekness equals weakness. But how many know the devil is a lie? God requires us to be meek. Matter of fact, meekness is really a strength because that's a sign that you don't just fly off the handle. Amen? But we have to learn how to be frank with the enemy. We have to learn how to be courageous when it comes to dealing with the enemy. I've heard people talking, well, he's, he's already defeated, but he's got as much power as you give him. Yes, he's defeated, but a lot of times we delegate authority back to him. And then we allow him to be in the Lord in certain areas in our life, but we got to learn how to be frank. I refuse to spend a day walking in insecurity. Why? Because I defeated that spirit some 18, 19 years ago when I began to realize who I was and whose I was, that I was fearfully and wonderfully made. So guess what? I don't deal with insecurity anymore. That's not on my radar. Low self-esteem is not on my radar anymore. I don't think lowly of myself anymore. I think highly of myself because of the one that lives on the inside of me. Do I have anybody that knows that it's greater as he I feel like preaching on a Wednesday night. I know this is supposed to be teaching, but I, I missed y'all. Praise the Lord. <laughs> I miss being home. Praise God. But we got to learn how to be frank with the enemy. That's one of the ways that you defeat him is you got to learn how to be frank, frank with him. No, no, you ain't messing with my finances no more, devil. It's time to be frank with you. Philippians 4, 19, my God shall supply all of my need according to my riches and glory. It might get tight at times, but when it's all said and done, I know that my heavenly father has me covered because yes, the latter part of John 10, 10, he says, but I come that you might have life and that you might have it more. Somebody scream more, more abundantly. God wants you to have more. How many of you believe he's a more and more God that he wants to increase you more and more? So a lot of times, don't get hung up on that first part of John 10, 10. Yeah, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He says, but I come. He let you know, listen, I ain't done yet. It's a whole bunch of commas in that scripture. I come that you might have life. That word life, even in the Greek, means zoe, which means to have a God kind of like life. God wants you to have heaven here on earth. But we'll get into that another day. Praise the Lord. I got a book coming out at the beginning of the year called 52 Prosperity Promises. Amen. You're going to be blessed by that book. But here, look at this. Let's, let's look at some more scriptures on boldness since we're talking about boldness. So we already know that, that, that God wants us to be bold. He, he said in, in Proverbs 28 and 1 to be bold as a what? Lion. Amen. There nothing, ain't nothing passive about a lion. So he's telling us, I, I, I've wired you like a lion. I didn't wire you to be passive, but I wired you to be powerful. Amen. I wired you to be bold. I wired you to be frank. I, I wired you to not hesitate. That's another word for the word boldness. You can't be hesitating. That's why you got to appreciate Peter. You realize it took boldness for him to get out the boat and walk on water while everybody else played it safe? Go through life, play it safe, and see how far you get. You got to take risk in this life. I got any risk takers in, at the Wednesday night service tonight? You've had to take some risk over the years of your life. 
People try to write you off. And, well, why are you going to fill out that application? You don't even have all the requirements. Devil is a lie. By faith, I'm going to step out and do it anyway. I know what they require, but I got favor. Anybody in this building know you got favor? See, when you got favor, you, stuff happens you can't even explain. It's like you, you, it's, you can only say, I can't even explain that. You only can experience it. But let me get into this more. Go to Acts chapter 4 real quick. Acts uh, 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 chapter 4. Speaking of boldness, go to Acts chapter 4, verse 13. Acts chapter 4, verse 13. It says, now when they saw the, go to 12 real quick. Let's, let's look at 12. Nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Can I get an amen? You can talk about Buddha all you want to and all this other stuff that they're talking about, but it's only one way to God, and that's through Jesus. And I'll go toe-toe with anybody that thinks any other thing different because Philippians chapter, to put up Philippians chapter 11 real quick, 2 and 11. We'll come right back here real quick. Let me, one thing you're going to do is get spiritually educated around here. We ain't going to have nobody ignorant up in here. The devil is a lie. It says, and, and, and that every tongue, somebody say every tongue. And the abonics, that means everybody. Amen? It says, every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So every tongue, now, now back up, go to verse 10. Go to verse 10. Look at this, verse 10. Let me just bring this out. Philippians 2, that, that, that the name of Jesus, every knee, so every tongue going to bow or confess, but then it says, every knee shall bow. Then it says, of those in heaven and of those on earth and those even under the earth. Everybody going to bow. The blessing is we already done it. We good. Come on, he knew us before we even entered our mother's womb. He knew the end from the beginning, glory to God. The blessing is that we caught up what he already knew. Come on, somebody, because you can be lost. Can I get a witness? Come on, some of y'all got family members lost, co-workers lost. Come on, neighborhood folk lost. Woo! So don't, 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 let's not get that twisted. But let's go back to this. Look at this. Uh, Acts 4 and 13, it says, Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated, untrained men, they marveled. So they weren't throwing them under the bus for being untrained and uneducated because they, at the end of the day, they marveled. Then it says, and they realized that they had been with Jesus. See, they knew that these men had been with Jesus because look at this. It says, now when they saw the boldness of Peter, they perceived. They, 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 they saw that bold. They saw how frank they were, how bold they were, how unreserved they were, how aggressive they were when it came to breaking the word down that the Bible says that they, 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 they even marveled. They marveled. And what that means, that they were uneducated, untrained, what that means, it means that they didn't have uh, any uh, uh, formal instruction as far as being rabbis. They didn't go to school, but this is it. But, the, but, but my commentary says they were common laymen, not professional experts. I love that they were common men. You realize that those are the kind of folk that God is using. 
Just use an old common you. Come on, somebody. Use an old common me. Come on. Uneducated, untrained, ain't been to nobody's seminar or seminary. I can't even say it right. <laughs> but look at how God is blue on this ministry. Because he takes common people. Come on. He takes foolish. See, don't get me started. Foolish people. People that are weak. Oh, put it up. First, somebody looked at me. Put 1 Corinthians chapter 1. So the pastor, that means I got a shot then. Because I'm foolish. You, you show right. You got a shot. 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 26. Let, go to verse, yeah, yeah. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 26. Mm-hmm. So speaking of uneducated and untrained, see, God ain't interested in using no experts. The Holy Ghost is the expert. Let's not get it twisted. Because if you were the expert, then you'd be taking all the glory for folks that get saved and get rededicated. Come on. That's why I believe the Bible says in Ephesians 4 and 11, I give some, somebody say some, to be apostles and prophets. Some, because he can't give it to everybody because some folk will let it go to their head. For you see your calling, brethren, not many wise, not many wise, there it is right there. Not many wise according to the flesh. See, we got some folks that's an expert in their flesh. If God called them to the ministry, their head would be so big they couldn't get out that back door. So he says, not many wise according to the flesh. Not many mighty. Not many noble. That word noble means people that are articulate, intellectuals. That's what that means. Not many noble are called. Now there's a few that he's called, but not many. You don't hear about a whole bunch of lawyers transitioning from being a lawyer to being a pastor. Come on, you don't hear too many uh, 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 scientists leaving to being a scientist and transitioning into being a pastor. Because you got to be almost crazy to do that because now you got to have faith. You can't depend on all your degrees now. You got to have faith not only in God but in people. Yes. Come on. <laughs> oh, don't get me started. <laughs> Woo. But next verse. But we've, we've nailed that. Not many are called. But, but, but God has. But God. But God. Somebody say, but God. But God. But God. But God. But God has chosen, which means he has summons. He has hand-selected. He has preferred foolish things. I love God's system because that, that makes me a candidate and you too. Come on, somebody. Then it says to put the shame, uh, the wise, and God has chosen the weak. So now he says, I've chosen foolish and weak, and the things of the world to put the shame, the things which are mighty next verse then it says and the base things of the world the things which so I'm, I'm gonna take foolish weak and basic common people look at that it says and the base i'm gonna take the base things just basic people that will entertain my ways and entertain my thoughts i'm gonna flip the script in their life spiritually and they're gonna give me all the glory they're not even going to want to share. They're going to be like, if it had not been. Then it says that the things that have been, the basic things. Then it says even things that are despised, God has chosen. So if you're in this building tonight and you got family members or friends or coworkers that despise you, you need somebody to despise you so you can be called. If nobody has despised you, you ain't that you ain't called. You need to have a couple of enemies. 
Even the word of God says, woe unto you when all men speak well of you. That means you're a phenomenal compromiser. You just go with the flow. You're a chameleon. <laughs> but look at this. God has chosen uh, 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 and the things which are not to bring to nothing the things that are. But look at this. Uh, 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 look at this next verse. I like this. That no flesh. This is why God has chosen foolish, weak, basic people that's been despised because it says so that no flesh will glory in his presence. What I look like glorying in God's presence and I'm untrained and uneducated. And then all of a sudden, 10 years later, I'm passing. I start thinking I'm all that. Trouble. Pride will cause you to forfeit your destiny. When you start thinking you all that, the key of being successful is staying low. I'm not talking about low self-esteem. I'm talking about being humble. Because put up James 4.10, and then we got to get back to my boldness, and I got to get to these other points. Look at this real quick. Hallelujah. Look at this. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord. And then what it says, he will, what? You ain't got to go around trying to make doors open for yourself. Amen. You know what? I can't stand. I get a, preachers here and there. They'll call me, y'all, on my cell phone. Doc, I got a word for your house. And you know what I tell them? Doc, I'll call you when I think you got a word for the house. Because I got a word this Sunday and Wednesday. Oh, see. <laughs> my point is this. I've never called another man of God. Doc. When you bringing me back, listen, I'm not trying to be preaching all over the place. I got a, I got a conference every Sunday at 8 o'clock, 9.30, and 11.30. So I don't fiend to go to other churches. Now, every once in a while, if I get a call and say, man, we, you know, I usually do a Wednesday. I don't do a lot of Sundays for a lot of pastors. But here and there, you know, I'll, I'll do, you know, if I really feel God saying, because I don't need to be in nobody else's pulpit. But my point is this, I didn't have to call nobody like, Doc, when you, can I come back? Put up Proverbs 18, 16. You know, I got scripture for everything. See, I didn't got all sidetracked from my topic. I'm going to get back to it in a minute. I'm just trying to help somebody. A man's gift makes room for him. Your gift is going to make room for you. Just be still. Mop the for you for a season. See, baby, cleaning them toilets and vacuuming them carpets paid off. That's what her and I used to do when we accepted our calling. It would be 19 years this January. Man of God said, clean the church for you, then we're going to let you preach. I'm so glad he did that because the Bible says, lay hands on no man suddenly. Why? Because if you lay hands on somebody suddenly and have them preaching premature, they'll get puffed up with pride. All of a sudden, they got all the answers. So, no, go clean the toilet for a season so your butt can stay humble. Oh, see, <laughs> this Wednesday teaching, come on, somebody. See, 11.30 couldn't stomach all it. Be like, man, brother tripping, man. <laughs> but look at that. Your gift is going to make, and then it says, then your gift will bring you before what? Great men. There's greatness in you. And that greatness is going to come forth. But there's a process. Somebody say process. 
Then God will propel you as you go through the process. But while you're in the process, be bold, be frank. Keep the enemy in check. Amen? Let him know where you stand. Amen? Let him know you ain't got dominion over me. Come on, somebody. Amen? So, 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 so uh, 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 go, go, go back to this. Uh, uh, Acts 4 and 13. So these men were uneducated, untrained. It says, uh, but the, the people, they marveled and they realized that they had been with Jesus. I love that. They knew that, they, they knew that Jesus' scent was on these men. That's why it's important that you got somebody's spiritual scent on you. Even as a shepherd, when I walk through here times, I know that there are certain people that have the scent of this house. I can walk by certain people and know how they smell if they are first-time visitor or if they've been here for a minute. Because there's a kingdom scent. You understand what I'm saying? So I love that they, they say, oh, he's he been, well, he been with Jesus. They've been mentored by Jesus. Because look at the boldness. Look at the frankness. Look at the word knowledge that they have. Amen? Even some of y'all, when y'all go places, they should be like, they go to kingdom. Come on, somebody. Come on, they know you don't go to Buckwheat Christian Center. Come on, you somebody, hold your head up high. Where you go? I go to kingdom. You ain't even got to say in the valley. Just kingdom. Can I get a witness up in here? All right, y'all catch it. <laughs> but look at this. Look at verse 31. Still in Acts 4. Look at 31. And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word with what? Boldness. They were all together on one accord. Amen? And they began to what? Speak with boldness because the whole, when you get filled with the Holy Spirit, you begin to operate in a certain boldness, a certain frankness. That's why Romans 8, 11 said the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, that it lives and it dwells in our mortal body. Amen? And when you have that on the inside of you, you can walk in boldness. You can learn how to be frank when it comes to dealing with the enemy. Amen? But look at that. It says they were filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke the word of God with boldness. Boldness. We got to turn up our prayer life. Why? Because when you begin to turn up your prayer life, you begin to walk in a boldness. You begin to walk in a confidence. You begin to walk in a frankness like you can conquer the world. Put up Mark 11 and 22 real quick, and we'll move on to the second point. Mark 11 and 22. Look at this real quick. Mark 11. So, so Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. I mean, you got to have faith in God. You know what's interesting? The actual translation of this in the Greek means to have the faith of God. Some of y'all probably thought, what? Yeah. That's what that really is supposed to say in the actual translation. It says to have the faith of God. You better have the faith of God. We're living in this list, this world will chew you up and spit you out. Can I get a witness up in here? Come on, ain't nobody giving no hands out. You got to have the faith of God if you're going to survive in this world. Next verse. For surely I say to you, Whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes those things that he says that will be done, he will have whatever he says. Go back real quick. You really believe you can have what you say? 
Y'all hear me say it all the time. If you say it, you'll see it. I believe that. I've seen some things over my 19 years of being in ministry that I'm still scratching my head. Like, for real, God? Like this miracle we standing in. <laughs> if you say it, you will see it. But look at this. Don't, don't doubt in your heart. Uh, 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 but, but go back up. I say to you, no, 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 go, go, go back. You was right, go back, go back. It says, uh, I say to you, whatever, whoever says to this mountain, you better learn how to speak to the mountains in your life. You can't speak to no mountain if you ain't got no boldness. You can't be like, I'll just pray this mountain leave. That mountain ain't going nowhere. You better have some frankness. You probably like, Pastor, I can't speak to no mountain. You see all these mountains in Arizona? What that means is you got to speak to those obstacles in your life. You got to speak to the every, anything that hinders you, that mountain. You know what? That's why the Bible says lay aside every sin and wait. That easily entangles you. One translation says lay aside every sin and wait. Wait, meaning lay aside your mountain. Why? Because there are certain things that are not sin. It says lay aside every sin and wait. People have asked me, is cigarettes a sin? No, it's a wait. You ain't going to hell for smoking the cigarettes. You just going to get to heaven 37 years early. <laughs> Come on. Lay aside every sin and wait. You ain't going to go to hell for chewing on your nails all the time, but why are you nervous? <laughs> Got a little quiet up here a little bit. Somebody need to get delivered. Delivered. <laughs> More. <laughs> That's a YouTube thing, y'all. <laughs> How many y'all watch that before? <laughs> oh, <laughs> we had a few hands go up. Inside joke, don't watch it. <laughs> but nevertheless, lay aside every sin and wait. Come on, man, I just shared with you. Come on, I was transparent with y'all. My, my weight was insecurity and low self-esteem. That's not a sin. It's a weight. Walking around being nervous and stuff. Because I wasn't confident. I wasn't bold. But when you grow up in a home where you're told that you ain't nothing, you ain't going to never be nothing. That scent gets on you. When you got somebody always telling you, if you don't make it to the NFL, you ain't going to make it in life. Because what you going to do and laugh at you and keep walking? <laughs> I'm laughing. I wasn't laughing then. But that's, how, that's the kind of home I grew up in. I didn't hear encouraging words. Some of y'all probably grew up in homes. You heard everything was encouraging. <laughs> Some of y'all laughing because it wasn't. Can I get a witness up here? <laughs> well, we got folks hitting their leg like, Pastor, I better say both. And I'm not tripping. I'm not bitter. It's made me better now. Now I've become a better parent because I don't belittle my children. Amen? I've never told my kids, you stupid. You ain't going to make it. Proverbs 18 and 21 says death and life is in the power of your tongue. Why would you speak death to your legacy? And then your legacy crumbled right before you because you wouldn't breathe on it. And tell it that it was fearfully and wonderfully made. Come on, man. 
I remember one time one of my daughters, I told her, don't date this dude. She dated him anyway. She got let down, got disappointed. And you know what? I could have been like, girl, I told you to leave that. You know what I did? I went up, I said, it's going to be all right, baby. Come give daddy a hug. Baby, shut it down. You know, he ain't your, he don't compliment and complete who you are. Let it go. Well, I could have been like, I told you so. Don't be that kind of parent. I'm going to save that for the end of November because we're doing some parenting marriage stuff. But I just give you a little, 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 little something, something. <laughs> just like I remember uh, I was preaching in New Zealand, and my wife called me in New Zealand, and she said, honey, she said, our daughter didn't pass the test. She ain't graduating when you get back in town. So I was going to the airport in New Zealand. I'm getting to the airport. Got a 13 and a half hour flight. And in my mind, I'm thinking, how when I get home, I'm going to blast her. I've been dropping her off to school for four years, and she ain't getting a diploma. I'm about to go in. I'm on a plane like, hmm. Can't wait for this thing to land. <laughs> ain't no blessing. It went three and a half hours. It was 13 and a half hours. So I had some time to process. And right when I walked in the door, she was crying. I'm sorry, Dad. I said, come here, baby. Daddy love you. It's going to be all right. Yep. We're going to get through this together. Yep. I said, matter of fact, you're going to take that test again, and you're going to pass it. And I said, you're going to walk with the next class next year. And she said, no, I ain't, Daddy. I ain't walking, but that's not the class I'm supposed to walk with. I was supposed to walk with the class this week. I said, you know what? Delayed does not mean denied. You're going Because you're going to finish what you started living up in this house. That's when I had to get a little bold. And guess what? A year later, we showed up to the graduation. And everybody at the graduation, you know, they know who the Steele family is. They was like, what? They was like, she was supposed to graduate with the other class. I said, yep, delay don't mean tonight. We about to make this happen tonight. And we're going to party when it's all over. Because delay does not mean denied. It might have been a year later, but she got the diploma. Glory to God. <laughs> so at the end of the day man I don't know why I went there but I hope somebody was blessed <laughs> got to get to these other points go to Matthew chapter 14 oh we were talking about mountains obstacles thank you Holy Spirit <laughs> that's why we went there because you have the ability to help people with their mountains. Don't tease them because of their mountain. Did you hear what I just said? Don't tease other people because you got your own mountain. You got your own way. You might not be chewing your fingernails, but you... Come on, somebody. Come on, I told y'all the other day, I got a weight called Payday and Snickers. I got to go and speak in tongues at the airport that I, I'm trying to fight some stuff. Come on, somebody. It's not going to send me to hell, but it's going to weigh me down. Because <laughs> Joe's mountain can be small, but it can evolve. Come on, man. But let's, I got to get to this real quick because I got to be done here in the next eight, ten minutes. Look at this. Uh, so number one, turn up your prayer life. You will, become, you, you will become bold. And we've proven that through the scriptures. Bold as a lion. We talked about how Peter, they were bold. Amen. But look at this. Matthew 14, uh, go to verse 17. 
Matthew chapter 14, verse 17. Look at this real quick. It says, and they said to him, we have here only five loaves and two fish. Next verse. He said, bring them here to me. This is Jesus. Next verse. Then he commanded the multitude to sit down on the grass, and, and, and he took the five loaves and, and, and the two fish, and he began to look to heaven. He began to look to heaven because he began to look to his source. You got 5,000 men staring at you. That's not even including women and children. Most theologians believe that there was anywhere between 18 to 23,000 people staring at Jesus with two fish. Come on, somebody. And five loaves of bread. I believe some people just stuck around. I got to see this. <laughs> That's how I would have been. I'd be like, I'm just going to hang out. I got to see this because logically this don't make no sense. Come on, somebody. But what God has done in your life don't make no how he using me don't make no. You being at church on Wednesday don't make no. Wednesday, y'all. Sunday, I can understand. Come on. But Wednesday, an empire on. Oh, I'm preaching now. Check it out. So they sit down in the grass. He got, they got five loaves of bread, two fish. And he began to look to heaven. I bet you he was. Come on, somebody. Anybody been there? You ate, Bill wasn't paid. You got, I got to look to heaven. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Come on, lost your job. Come on, somebody. Flesh burning. <laughs> Come on, somebody. I heard somebody over say, right, you ain't lying. <laughs> They keep it at 100 up in here at Wednesday night. Come on, somebody. <laughs> but check it out. <laughs> he began to look to heaven. What you think he began to do? He began to pray to the Father. He began to communicate to the Father. And I, I have to believe that because Jesus was a man of boldness because he was flipping over tables. But I'll get to that Sunday. We're going to talk about that a little bit. Amen. How he was bold and how he talked about how my house should be a house of prayer. And y'all made it a den of thieves. Up in here robbing folk. Come on, somebody. <laughs> hey, man, start flipping over tables. Y'all think I'm mean. Jesus made me look like Mother Teresa. <laughs> but check it out. So he began to look to heaven, and he blessed, and he broke, and he gave the loaves to the disciples, and the disciples gave to the multitudes. Next verse. And so they all ate. Somebody say all. They all ate. Nobody got left hanging. Look at over the course of your life. Really, God has never left you hanging. It's been tight, but he never left you hanging. Come on, you've been between a rock and a hard place, but he never left you high and dry. Look at you still standing. Don't even look like what you've been through. Come on, somebody. Don't even smell like what you've been through. <laughs> so they all ate and they were what? Filled. Sound like some folks was burping. Come on, somebody. <laughs> then it says, and they took the 12 baskets full of the fragments that remained, had some leftovers. You say, Pastor, what's your whole aim on this? My next point is this, that when you begin to turn up your prayer life, you'll begin to see the supernatural. 
Somebody scream supernatural. God wants to do something supernatural. He's already done something supernatural. You at church on Wednesday. That's supernatural. I'm a pastor. That's supernatural. For real. <laughs> but look at that. They even had leftovers. When you begin to turn up your prayer life, you'll begin to see the supernatural. Even how we raised the $842,000 to renovate this place, supernatural. How we're going to raise the $620,000 to buy the place, it's going to be supernatural. How we got the AC unit in here, we needed $323,000. One person gave $250,000 toward that. Ran my wife down with 100000 into my office. I'm thinking, what's she doing back here? I just preach. I don't want to see nobody. I'm tired. But then they said, that check, 100000 All of a sudden, I got untired. What? what, what? <laughs> Praise the Lord. You, you want some coffee, some hors d'oeuvres? <laughs> Armor bearers, get some coffee up here. <laughs> <laughs> then, came, then she came back up to the church that Thursday and dropped off another 150 and they asking me in my office, am I busy? No, I ain't busy. <laughs> Amen, brother. Stay with me. Because <laughs> see, a lot of times, y'all don't understand the weight that comes with being a pastor. Because I got to have faith. I got to have more faith than everybody. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? So, Put that back up, though. So, so, so at the end of the day, we see the supernatural taking place right here. My point, though, is how we got this AC unit. Supernatural. Now, how many of y'all was here? It was the second week of June. Some of y'all was probably thinking about changing y'all membership. <laughs> I was even thinking about it. Come on, somebody. It was hot as Satan toenails up in here. Can I get a witness? Jesus. Y'all don't even understand. The last Sunday in that heat, I almost fainted. Can I get a witness, baby? It took me till Wednesday to finally recover, preaching my heart out in these jackets and whatnot. That was a mistake, but praise the Lord. The Bible says, with all thy getting. Some of us not should have put a shirt on, but nevertheless, so... Number two, when you turn up your prayer life, you will begin to see the supernatural. Because of time, I can't even go to the, there was something else I wanted to bring out. I'll bring it out Sunday. Go to the third point. So number one, when you turn up your prayer life, you'll begin to walk in boldness. Number two, you will begin to see the supernatural. Number three, go to Matthew chapter 6, verse 5. Matthew chapter 6, verse 5, and we'll close right here. Matthew chapter uh, 6. Uh, verse 5. And when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogue and on the corners of the streets that they may be seen. Ain't that a shame that you have some folk that wanted to be seen? Some people are still like that even today. That's why the Bible says there's nothing new under the sun. You still got folk that's still caught up into works. They want to be seen. See, I pray in tongues all day. I lay prostrate. 
Somebody came to me, Pastor, but we're going to have an all-night shut-in. Have an all-night shut-in at your house. Because <laughs> now I'm wondering, do you want to have a shut-in so you can be seen walking around in your shawl? Somebody bought me a shawl, what, about eight years ago? I still ain't wore it. <laughs> Don't take all that. Now, if you wear a shawl, praise the Lord. We know you ain't trying to be seen. I'm talking about them other people. So don't leave here offended. That's a matter about my shawl. Listen, I'm, I can be effective without a shawl. I'll be effective in these brown shoes I got on this flower-looking shirt. Call down heaven right now. <laughs> you all right, baby? <laughs> she over there weak. But check it out. They standing around want folk to see them. Then it says uh, uh, that they may be seen by men trying to get some brownie points. Then it says, uh, surely I say to you, you have your reward. Your reward is you got a chance to be seen by folk. You want to be seen. You want people to see you all deep. She da 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 da. He da 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 da. Should have bought a Honda. Shaka card. You know what? Some people like that. Want to be seen. Mm -hmm. We've had them come through here at Kingdom. I'm so glad they're gone. Praise the Lord. You know, the counterfeit always come before the real thing anyway. I remember being just a naive young pastor and folk coming in, and I began to realize, oh, you're trying to be seen. You're trying to get my attention so I can elevate you. And elevation don't come from the pastor. It comes from God. You got it all twisted, sweetie. But now, so we've we, we driven the point home that they got their reward because they wanted to be seen. Next verse. But you, when you pray, go into your room. And when you have shut your door... Somebody say privacy. Mm -hmm. Pray for your father uh, who is in secret place. And your father who sees you in secret. You're not trying to be seen, but you didn't shut your door. It's just you and the Holy Spirit. It's just you and the Father. Come on. It's just you and Jesus. You're in that secret place. Then it says, and, and your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. My third point today is if you begin to turn up your prayer life, God will begin to reward you openly. Yes, I come to pray here on Tuesdays at 830. I haven't been here the last couple of weeks because I've been on the road between New Orleans and Chicago. Amen. But I was adding it up. I've only missed eight Tuesdays this year which that's probably the most ever, but again, being out of town and so on and so forth. But more than praying in the synagogue, I pray at home. I pray in my car. I love when there's traffic at times. It's a good time for me to really call on God because the Bible's very specific in the book of Thessalonians, and I hit this Sunday. It says to pray without ceasing. We should always be praying. Amen? So remember the three things. You turn up your prayer life, you're going to automatically begin to walk in more boldness. 
Number two. What's number two? You Praise the Lord, because I forgot I wanted to make sure y'all was paying attention. You'll begin to experience the supernatural. Praise the Lord. I'm glad y'all listening. Y'all helped me out. <laughs> you know, some pastors are playing all that. I just want to make sure y'all listening. I forgot. I still get tired from flying all over the place. So number one, boldness. Number two, supernatural. Number three, God will reward you openly. Don't be praying, trying to be seen. Find you a secret place and watch how God begin to move in your, how, your life. You know, it's interesting. I got a friend in Ohio. He's got a, about a 15,000 square foot home. Beautiful home. I was like, Jesus, this is phenomenal. But he showed me every inch of the home. But when he got really excited, he showed me his secret place. Remember that? Where he prays. He said, there's a room that he has his only prayer. Matter of fact, he made me take my shoes off when I walked in there. I was like, all right, brother. I'm under your authority right now. But my point is this. He didn't show me his secret room to be seen. He was proud. He said, because this is where I get my results. This is why my church does $30 million a year. This is why I got six locations. This is why almost 11,000 people attend my church every Sunday. Because of what he does in this secret place. Let's get in that secret place. And if you're in that secret place, let's turn it up. Let's take our prayer life to the next level. Why? Because God will begin to reward you what? Openly. Come on, if you receive that, somebody give God a hand praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. 